Okay, thanks for being here, guys. Um, before we start today, um, we have to make a correction. Um, you guys know that the, God's Word is infallible, it's from Him and it's for us, and, and it has no errors in it. So when you're reading the Word, you know you have something that has no errors at all in it. Um, but when you're listening to someone talk about the Word, you don't have that same guarantee. And so last time we met together, I was uh, speaking for 57 minutes or something like that. And when you speak that long, uh, the chances that you're going to say something that's wrong go up a little bit. And I did. So I wanted to address that this morning really quickly before we got started and talked about our heart. Um, We were talking about the deacon qualifications last time. And one of the areas that I was talking about was that a deacon is not fond of sordid gain. And one of the things that was important in the early um, church was that the men that were appointed to care for the women who were being overlooked in the service of food was that they handled the resources that were entrusted to them in a biblical and an accurate way. And um, if you go back and you listen, uh, you'll, you'll hear the way I described the ladies themselves that are, that are the subject of that whole issue. And the way I described them was that they were Greek women and that would imply that they were women who were from someplace in Greece, like Thessalonica or Corinth or Athens or someplace like that, and they had somehow come to Jerusalem and they were living there. Um, but that's not the kind of women that we were dealing with. We were dealing with women who um, were Jews. And they were Hellenistic Jews, and what that meant was they were Jews, just like everybody else around them who were Jews, um, but they had embraced the Greek culture that was around them as well. And so there was even more of a divide Um, than you would imagine, um, because you have two groups of people, both of whom are Jews, one who've embraced Jewish culture and they're steadfast in it, and this other group that that, um, had sold out on that, and they had embraced the culture of the Greeks that were around them. So I just wanted to clear that up. Um, That's kind of how it goes when you you talk for a long time. Eventually you're going to say something that doesn't come out right, so I wanted to make that right. Okay, so if you have your Bible... um, What we're going to do today is we're going to look at an example of somebody who shepherded their heart and who shepherded their home, their private life, and they were shepherding themselves well in ministry. So if you have your Bible, take your Bible and turn to the Old Testament book of Ezra. To get there, you want to find Psalms right in the middle and just go left, back up through Job, back up through Esther and all that, and you'll get to Ezra. And we're going to start in chapter 7. And we're going to look at a a verse in chapter 7, something in chapter 8, something in chapter 9, and something in chapter 10. We're going to start in chapter 7, and we're going to be looking at, um, starting in verse 11, see who Ezra is. Sorry, verse 10. This takes place, the setting is very important here. Um, Israel is in exile, and they are getting ready to return to the promised land, and they need a leader to lead them, and Ezra is their man. Verse 6 tells us that Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a scribe, and he was skilled in the law of Moses. So he had studied the law. His upbringing was to study the law. Drop down to verse 10 of chapter 7, and we'll see a little bit more about Ezra. See more about his personality here. Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it, and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. There is D1, there is D2, and there's D3 in this verse. In D1, 
He had set his heart to study the law. That means he meets alone with God looking at the law. D2 is he's practicing it. He's actually living it out in his own private context. And D3 is he's teaching it. And the thing that's so important and so compelling in all of this is you see the word study. Um, The word more accurately might be to seek the law of the Lord. He pursued the word of God and he pursued the God of the word through the word of God. So that's that's who Ezra Ezra is. Let's uh, drop down to chapter 8, verses um, 21. He's gone through some motions. He needs to get ready. They need to gather supplies to return. There's a group of people that are returning from Babylon to Israel, to Jerusalem. And this is what he does in verse 21. He says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava. That's out in Babylon that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for us, for our little ones, and for all our possessions. They're undertaking a very perilous journey, and he knew what he needed to do to undertake this journey. He needed to prepare his heart through fasting. Fasting was a process by which your, your attention is focused on the Lord. As your body becomes hungry, more and more so, you direct your thoughts towards the Lord in an intentional way. So you see some leadership there as he's leading Israel. He's proclaiming a fast for everybody else as part of his ministry. You also see discipline one there. He knows that he needs this. In order to function well and lead this group of people that are returning, he needs to shepherd his heart. So chapter 8 talks about how they travel there and they get there. Um, They get there in chapter 9. Drop down to chapter 9, verse 2. See what kind of man Ezra is. They get there and there are some... Israelites who have remained in Israel. They were, the, they were left over. There were many who have returned. When they get there, um, the princes come to them and they say in verse 1, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from those of the peoples of the lands according to their abominations. The Canaanites, the Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves, for their sons, so that the holy race has intermingled with the peoples of the lands. And that was what God told them not to do. God said, you should be a people that is set apart for me. I am your God and you are my people. You shall not intermingle, you shall not intermarry with those around you. It's brought to Ezra's attention that this is what Israel has in fact done. They've done this. And let's let's take a look at the response of Ezra in chapter 9, verse 3. When I heard this, I tore my garment and my robe, and get this, I pulled some of the hair from my head and from my beard, and I sat down appalled. Sin is offensive to the man who's who's guarding his heart and shepherding his heart well. The response here that Ezra Ezra gives is one that, that, that demonstrates that he is caring for his heart well, that he loves the Lord, he loves the Lord's law, he finds delight and he finds joy in it, joy in it, and he is appalled when there is direct disobedience to it. At the end of the the story, at the end of the book, you see Ezra on display in his ministry again. Um, These people have intermarried. So drop down to chapter 10, verse 10. What we're going to do is we're going to see how effective his ministry is because of the heart shepherding that he had been doing, because how he had been practicing what he had been, been stewarding his own heart with. 
So Ezra stood up and said to them, um, the ones who have been unfaithful, he says, you have been unfaithful. You've been unfaithful and you have married foreign, foreign wives, adding to the guilt of Israel. He calls a spade a spade. He calls sin, sin. He calls it exactly what it is. And it's his own heart shepherding. And it's his own practice that has led him to do this. He says, therefore, make confession to the Lord God of your fathers and do his will. Separate yourselves from the people of the land and from foreign wives. He's a very clear teacher. Because he shepherded his heart well, and because he practiced it in his own life, he knew how to teach what was right and good, and he says it plainly for them. And then you see how effective his teaching is in verse 12. The assembly replied with a loud voice, That is right. As you have said, so it is our duty to do. And the rest of the book talks about how that plays out and how that is actually done. So here we have a guy who shepherded his own heart by studying and seeking the law of the Lord. And then he practiced it in his own private context, and then he taught it. Um, So if you want an Old Testament example of a guy who's living out the disciplines, uh, Ezra is your man. We're going to spend more time today talking about hermeneutic and discipline number five. And so we're going to spend time talking about that. We spent time last week talking about the qualifications for the deacons, so make sure you never lose sight of that. Always set your heart on those things. Examine yourself in light of those things. Measure yourself by those things regularly. And remember that we're here at Grace Bible Church, and um, our intent and our goal is to draw people in and build them up and send them out. So that's it.